Welcome to Joiner's Podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we kick the tires on the hospitality wagon and speak to the interesting people who drive the industry forward. This week we have a man who needs some introduction, <laughs> David Posey. This guy started off in SoCal cooking in kitchens as a child. Child cooking prodigy. Very, very possible. Unverified, but unverifiable without the time machine but very likely that he was a a culinary child prodigy and then from there he goes to the culinary institute of america that's 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 the other cia that is the other cia thank you tim and uh working his way after that through some of chicago's best kitchens where he met his wife anna and the two of them hit it off in such a way they in an appropriate way actually in a very yeah very appropriate way they opened Elska, a Michelin-starred culinary gem in Chicago's dining landscape. So without further ado, here's David Posey. Staying in the loop, staying in the loop, staying in the loop, staying in the loop, yeah, staying in the loop, staying in the loop, staying in the loop, yeah. Uh, gotta stay up so basically, we're both SoCal kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're from Arcadia specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, tell us kind of a little bit about the journey, how you ended up in the Midwest, you know, yeah, all that uh, stuff. So I, I was actually born in Arlington Heights, uh, oh, so, okay. you know, just north of the city. And I lived there until I, I think it was like four or five. Uh, and then my family moved to Southern California and we kind of moved around the Arcadia area, but we've always been uh, in that area. Uh, and then went to culinary school in New York and came back to Chicago, actually Evanston, to work for Grant when he was at up at Trio. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, like, the the bug, like, you know, I was born in the, the area, and it just kind of, like, came back, and I just fell in love with it. And uh, as great as the weather is in California, I really love the seasons. I love, yeah. you know, I, I love the, the different times of, of year and stuff. Like, L.A. has it, but it's, like... T-shirt weather or sweatshirt weather, and that's about it. Yeah, but a nice longer golf season on the yeah, West Coast. That would that would be nice. That's, <laughs> that's one of the things I miss for sure. Yeah, so. um, but yeah, public golf on the on a, in LA is no good. Um, but anyways, yeah. So you obviously went to the culinary school in mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. Was food um, always the plan? Did you always was that a childhood passion as well? Did you cook as a kid? Yeah, uh, my mom taught me. You know, she would just teach me how to make like snacks and stuff for when I got home from school. And then she saw kind of an interest in it and just saw like I kind of had this natural skill. Like I would season things well and I guess just had a, I don't want to say a good palate because I don't, I don't know. She, she just noticed that my food always tasted good. Yeah. So you probably do have quite a good palate. <laughs> so <laughs> I would, I, it's okay. Uh, so she kind of like pushed me towards it and then I got into restaurants I was a terrible student in high school. Like I, I wasn't a bad kid. Like I never got in trouble. I just hated studying. I hated doing my homework. I was like, you know, anything that I liked doing, I obviously like committed to. So skateboarding and cooking, and uh, I played drums a lot. Um, so like I was really, I would only focus on those things that I wouldn't focus on school. So she was like, well, how do I get my loser kid to you know, be <laughs> successful and she saw that i like cooking so she signed me up for this internship at a at a restaurant in pasadena Whoa. it was like a fine dining restaurant so i would do that after how old were you i was uh when i started there i think it was 15 wow so i started as like a dishwasher garmage like salad guy and then it was just like it was one of those like right time right places things like the the pastry chef there was this um 
she was a woman. I think she was a career changer, but she was like super passionate. And then I kind of got that bug. And then the guy that owned the restaurant, um, his brother was the drummer for a bunch of power violence bands. So like spaz and, and stuff. So I thought that was super cool. And he'd get all these punk rock bands to play in the basement. And I was just like, this Whoa. is, this is the best. So I just like totally committed to it. What hard. was the restaurant called? It was called Haley. Haley in Pasadena. In and Pasadena. What, yeah, it's no, it's not there anymore. What was the vibe there? Was it like kind of the old school kitchens, uh, a little bit higher tempers and stuff? Uh, no, I, so, oh man, I haven't thought about that place in a long time. Um, it was, it was pretty chill. It was like, uh, the chef was, a he was like graduated from culinary school and then the chef of a restaurant, which is what they tell you is going to happen, but it shouldn't actually happen. But that happened with him and he was a very, you know, chill guy. And it was the era of like seared, like sesame seared tuna with wasabi mashed potatoes, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So, so it was, it was chill. I mean, there were three guys that were on my station when I first started and I just like, I worked so hard and I like always just busted my ass that the, they fired the two actual like culinary graduates and just had this high school kid <laughs> on the station. Wow. So. And then, like, slowly they started letting me do stuff. And I eventually, I was, I think I was 17, like, when I left there, and I was a sous chef. Wow. So I would do the ordering and all that stuff. Was this, like, a summer job, or were you going in after school? After school. Wow. Yeah, so I would, uh, yeah, go in at, like, 3.30 or 4, and then set up my station really quick, and then stay until, like, 11, and then... Oh, my God. And then at that point, like, I didn't have time for homework. (laughs) So I I just didn't do it, and I fell asleep. And then I was also in, in the marching band, so I would wake up at like six to go to school by six thirty to practice band for an hour and a half and then do school do my homework in between classes or at lunch that's incredible get wow. off and then go to work drums in the band yeah, yeah. cool wow and then did you take any time off before you went to the delicious cia and not the government cia <laughs> uh i had to take some time off because my grades were so bad so they made me go to community college and to get like a ged yeah so pretty much I had to take like, it was like an ESL class and like base, basic algebra. And I felt so smart. <laughs> you were the king. It was the best. Yeah. <laughs> I was taking like eighth grade classes when I was like 18 years old. So, so was that like a year before you went to CIA? Uh, I had to do it for like, yeah, like a semester. So it was like okay. five months or something. What's wow. the admission process like for CIA? Uh, so it's changed from what I understand. They, they, Right before I started, they got a new president, and it was pretty much they would take anybody. So, like, if you want to give them money, they'll take you. Uh, before that, it was a little more strict. Like, you had to, I think you had to work in a restaurant for two years, like, prove that you were an employee at a restaurant for two years, and you weren't just, like, jumping into this, you know, wild thing. Yeah, without knowing, without what knowing what's into. going on. And then, and then it kind of switched, and, yeah, they just took anybody, so. And then coming from there to Trio, let's say, mm-hmm. had the techniques from the Culinary Institute of America prepared you for what was happening at Trio? I mean, is everything kind of still based in classic technique or was it like a quite a big departure from, you uh, know? I, I mean, it, w- it was a mix. Like there was the basics, like the sauce making and, you know, vinaigrettes and dicing and chopping and stuff that was the same. And then Grant was doing his, you know, weird like molecular stuff. Like what, it wasn't, it was I think then it wasn't really as much technique. It was just like kind of out there flavors. Like you would do the root beer short ribs and stuff. And uh, so the technique was pretty basic. And then when I was there, 
as well, he was really starting to get into the presentation of things. So he would do like the, I don't know, we, we called it the antenna. So it was like a little metal base with like a long yeah, piece of wire. Yeah. So it like float in front of you and you had to like bob down and not use your hands. So like then it was kind of like a presentation type thing that he was going for. Yeah. Was um, that a crucial detail thing? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Talked so, to Martin a couple of days ago. Yeah. He's working on this coffee thing now. What's He's the Kickstarter for it? It's like a stovetop coffee maker. He's, uh, I mean, finding manufacturing right now is a disaster. Is he he's the one doing making the, the parts prototypes? in Spain? Um, yeah, he's in France right now, um, kind wow. of dialing everything in. That's wild. Wow. He would be a great interview too. He's an interesting. His dude. stuff's insane. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So you were at Trio for how long? Uh, like six months, I think my internship was. Cool. And if you want to just. For the listeners, uh, of which there could be two right now, Shannon and Ellie, um, and Anna probably. Um, do you want to kind of explain like who was there? Kind of like the the heavy hitters of the culinary scene, kind of all happened to be at Trio at the same it, time. Yeah, it was it was wild. So uh, there was Grant. The sous chefs were John uh, John Peters and Dave Carrier, and then Curtis Duffy, uh, Jeff Pikus. Uh, Jonas Beatty. I took over, I guess I took uh, Michael Carlson's spot from Schwa. Wow. Um, and then just, I, I think that's like, those are the. Yeah, the that's insane. Yeah. Wow. It was kind of like all this talent converged yeah. in one place at one yeah. time. Yeah. What could, what did you attribute that to? Was it, was it, did Grant have a big name? Was he pulling people in? Or what was the, was it fine dining was a smaller community back then? I mean, it's it's weird to think about that, like, when Trio and Grant were coming up is when, like, Eagle, if you remember that website, it was just, like, a forum, like... like Pre-LTH. Yeah, it was, like, it was right before LTH, and you couldn't just go on Instagram and look at what people were doing, so all these people would start these different threads and talk about all these cool places, so, like, uh, Grant, I think, was kind of coming up there. He was on Eagle all the time, uh, and then he was a sous chef at the French Laundry for a couple of years and worked at El Bulli. So like all these kind of trigger names were coming up at the same time. And then, um, I guess people kind of like, like compared him to what they were doing at the fat duck. So he's kind of like the French Laundry, El Bulli and the fat duck mixed together yeah. and in the States. Pretty so good like, name recognition there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had, he had a lot of like buzz around him. Uh, yeah. For, what for was it? Stuff. What was it like to work with him at that time? Oh, it was cool. I mean, he was, he was a very, like when I started with him, he was like a very quiet, like shy, just like always working, always first in, last out. Uh, like he was, he was always working. He was never doing like office stuff or if he did office stuff, it was after everybody left. Um, and he was just, you know, always thinking about how to improve things. Like something not being possible wasn't an option. It was like how, like we want to do it. How do we do it? Yeah. So have you maintained a relationship with grant or anyone else uh over the years like up to now uh i mean not like we well i'll talk and, and stuff like you're friendly each other. yeah, yeah we're, we're friendly no bad blood no no no. <laughs> uh no drama there no um that's nice um did any dishes from trio migrate over to alinea or were there things that were kind of developed i know usually it's like i remember watching grant's chef's table episode and it's like mm -hmm. if something's developed at a restaurant it belongs to that restaurant or the chef that oversees it mm -hmm. did anything migrate over to alinea or were there things that you saw kind of develop there that made the transition 
No, from what I know, Alenia was like a completely fresh start. Yeah. So I'm sure you could find it uh, if Eagle, it's even like still a thing, but they actually had a thread of like opening of Alenia. So like after Grant left Trio, um, they would like kind of document everything and you'd see uh, it was Curtis John and I can't remember who the other sous chef was, but it was like Curtis, Curtis Grant and John uh, Peters like working on all these dishes together and like at, yeah everything was was brand new so when you left trio what were the next steps did you go straight to blackbird uh i went to school to get my bachelor's in management and okay. then i came back to chicago chicago to work at alinea um so i worked there for like a, a year and a couple months and then i was kind of at a crossroads of, of what to do next so i wanted to I wanted to live and cook in New York just to like prove I could do it. I wanted to work at WD50 specifically in New York and I didn't I like wasn't ready to make that move yet and Mike Sharon just took over at Blackbird. Yeah. So it was like he was the chef de cuisine at WD50. So it was like I should go work for this guy, see if I like it, see what it's about and then think about making the move to to uh New York and I started at Blackbird and just like fell in love with it. It was like Creative technique like Alinea was doing, but very farm driven, like very seasonal. Dishes constantly changed. There was like a lot of movement in the kitchen with what station you were working. So like, it was it was awesome for me. Uh, I learned a ton and then just kind of worked my way up. Yeah, WD fifty. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was like one of my favorite meals back in the day. I remember there was a dish where you had like a bowl of broth and like a little squeeze bottle and you basically like squeezed your noodles into yeah, the broth. The, the tofu noodles, I think. Yeah, I think so. Tofu noodles. <laughs> yeah, so you'd like squeeze it and it made noodles inside yeah. the broth. Insane. That's pretty memorable. Yeah. Um, so you were at Blackbird, you were working with Sheeran, mm-hmm. and then you kind of just, you know, met your future wife, all these other things <laughs> crazy yeah. happened. Yeah, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, so would you, who would you count kind of as like a mentor during this time? Um, I mean, Mike had a huge influence. Um, Paul, uh, was an amazing, like he was just, he, he taught me so much, like not only cooking, but how to lead and how to manage and, and, you know, the, all the guys that went off like Donnie and Ricky and Eddie just really kind of let me see the whole, you know, inside of the business. So I, I could kind of start to understand numbers and I could take a look at all these things. So, I mean, all, all, you know, six of those guys are hugely influential yeah how did the culture at blackbird how it's how did that compare to let's say trio since that was the place you're at most recently or uh, i guess alinea was the yeah. culture you're at most recently before that um it was it was different it was my my actual my first day at blackbird i was a lunch cook that's what they hired me as and i saw two servers like get in a fight and both of them pulled knives out Oh it was like two, a back waiter and, and like the bartender. What was the were fight ta- over? Were you talking paring knife? Uh, one was a bread knife and one was like a pot, like a pocket knife. Oh my god! So my first during day, service, yeah, on the yeah, floor. It was, it was right. It was right before we opened. I, I don't <laughs> like. I was just so focused and trying to get my station set up. I had no idea what was going on, and then I saw like everybody push these two guys back away from each other. <laughs> what What was the? Did you find out why? Uh, I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> but it was like. That I went from, you go from like a different world of Alinea where everybody's just super focused and serious and like, that's what they love to do. And you know, that they're in it. And then like, you know, you always think of like restaurants as these pirate ships and Alinea is like, 
not that at all. So I go from very, you know, put together place to like a knife fight. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. Was there any other high drama that happened after that? Or I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how, like, when did you first become aware of Anna? Uh, she, she was an intern at Blackbird. So I took over as chef and then, uh, she was an intern and she would kind of split her time between the publican and Blackbird. Uh, and the pastry kitchen was on the third floor. So that's where we do all of our private events as well. And so just whenever I'd go up there, I'd kind of like, you know, try talking to her and keep it very professional and stuff. But, um, when she left uh, Blackbird for the publican full time is when I asked her out and kind of tried starting a relationship and we started one. Nice. Because <laughs> yeah. we're married. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it was quite successful. Yeah. And you have a Henry now as yeah. well. Yep. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what an amazing kind of fortuitous connection to make. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was wild. <laughs> This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. Your concept is special and you obsess over the details. From the interior design to the menu to the linens, everything is intentional. So why should it stop at uniforms? Stock brings your unique aesthetic and branding over to your staff's appearance with comfortable, functional, durable uniforms. Choose from in-stock options or collaborate on a custom-designed uniform program for your team. Low minimums, quick lead times, and style continuity. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. So was that the the next jump was from Blackbird to opening your own spot? And was that always the plan? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I I quit um, Blackbird and I didn't know what my next move was. Like I, I knew I wanted to work for myself. We have so many great restaurant groups in Chicago, but I didn't want to work for them. Uh, so it was kind of like, well, I guess, I guess I have to do this myself. Uh, and we took a year to look for a building, uh, and then a year to build out and then we opened such a cool space. It's a great location. It's like just Just far from enough away from the craziness on, in the West loop. Yeah. Except for that enormous building they're building on Elizabeth right now. It's, it's wild what's going on out there. It's brutal. I can't drive down there. No, it drives me nuts. Yeah. And there's like no other way to access it. Really. Nope. Yeah. So well, I at least where you are, like, it's okay. Yeah. But when you yeah, get yeah. further east, it's like a it stop can, sign every three feet. Yeah. And like you can't park. No. It's just infuriating. Yeah. yeah. So um, when you're looking for the real estate, do you have the concept in mind? Are you thinking Scandinavian aesthetic and cuisine or what's? Uh, yeah. I, so I knew we can't, we wanted to be like a fine dining restaurant. We based it off of like the new bistro in, in Paris. So, um, an affordable tasting menu with a small cart menu. So hopefully people, you know, can, you could come in two days a week if you wanted and not spend your whole budget. Um, so we knew that's kind of the style of, of food or like the style of restaurant we wanted to go for, where it was like fine dining in a casual atmosphere. And then we thought of the name Elska, which is love for Dana, Danish, it's love in Danish and you know, articles come out and you kind of get pigeonholed as like Scandinavian restaurant. So, you know, we just kind of went with it and it's not necessarily Scandinavian food. My mom's Danish. So I grew up eating, you know, Danish rye bread, Danish open face sandwiches, like 
all these little Danish things that we roll brawls. Yeah. yeah, I definitely see it in the aesthetic. Did you guys? Yeah. I know you guys are artistically inclined as a couple. Is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys do the the design yourself? Or did you work with a firm? Uh, we worked with Erin Boone, who's done uh, a, a couple restaurants, and she's. I mean, her stuff is amazing. Yeah. So we we kind of said we want like very simple, very clean, which is you know Danish furniture, like for sure. You nailed it. Any any nice chair is a Danish designed chair for the most part, and they're all just super clean. Um, yeah, it's a yeah, great so, space. Yeah, she, she did an amazing job. And then when you open a sort of place like Elska, do you have, you know, goals in mind immediately, like Michelin status, getting a star, all that stuff, or does that kind of evolve organically? The only goal was to stay open. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next goal was to be busy. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't think we, you know, like... And to stay married. Yeah, it's stay married and not kill each other. Um <laughs> You succeeded on yeah, all fronts. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, the you know, like all the awards and stuff are, they're they're amazing. Like we're we're super flattered by them, and it's but it's never really been a focus. Like yeah, I don't know. Like how how can you how can you like try to be the best new restaurant in the country? Like what what does that mean? Right. You know, like and, yeah. And I would assume the uh, the luster of a new award wears off quite quickly. <laughs> sure. Is You're there like... is there a correlation between awards and traffic? I mean, I feel like you guys are always you don't. You're not hurting to fill the seats, but no. it, do you find that when something breaks out, things are wait lists go up? Was oh, there a hundred percent? Yeah. Like after we got, after we got the second best new restaurant from Bon Appetit, our, like every single day I could look at the reservations and we'd be completely full for three months, wow. like every single day. It was wild. Wow. And it was, it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, like that kind of went away and then we got a couple other things. So it, it just stayed busy. And I mean, we're, we're busy today so we're I'm busy now i guess even after all this covid stuff so mm-hmm. yeah how did uh you guys i remember you guys were doing takeout for a while we did a couple of those meals they were all mm-hmm. great um i know there's like a lot of engagement and my sister won a cake that anna put on oh, instagram really? oh, that's uh, awesome. uh what did you guys do did to keep survive? busy oh yeah she survived the cake yeah great, great. <laughs> i gave her the antidote um <laughs> So what, what, how did that change things for you guys? And what, uh, what kept you busy during that time? Uh, you know, I I know you had a kid or conceived a child, so that was probably part of it. Yeah. That was, that was a little bit of it. Um, yeah. I mean, we had, I think just like a lot of restaurants, we had a lot of phases of COVID. Like we, we just closed down for a little bit because nobody knew what was going on. Like remember when we all thought it was going to be like three weeks long. (laughs) Were you at that meeting at chef special? No, I didn't get the invite. (laughs) <laughs> dude i was there oh, yeah <laughs> even tim tim was there even. yeah uh yeah that was a wild situation oh i, I couldn't even imagine it was like every chef in the city and yeah. one room obviously yeah. you were not there yeah, but, uh and your your absence was felt but, <laughs> but yeah it was just everyone's kind of being like what do we do there's definitely a panic vibe for um, sure going on we certainly didn't know how long this was going no. to last anna actually she went to uh publican or P- pqm to pick something up and she saw Paul there, and this was like, I don't know, in January or February. And, you know, they started talking, and then Anna was like, how are you guys doing? And Paul was like, this COVID thing is, is going to it's gonna kill everybody. It's like going to kill businesses. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is something in, in China. Like, we haven't even, it's not like a part of, like, the normal conversation. And he was right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He, he was one of the more vocal at the meeting. Yeah, I mean, I was eating at Gaijin the night before everything shut down. And the person I was eating with, uh, Donnie Ronan from San Francisco beverage guy out there. And 
he was like, it's going to change everything. He's like, everything's shutting down in Seattle and wherever. And I was like, yeah. I was like, Seattle is maybe the first city. Yeah. And I was like, maybe, wow. yeah, I was like, maybe Seattle's shutting down. We're not going to, like, I had no concept of what was about to happen. I could not have been more wrong. Um, in retrospect, yeah. but it was just crazy. That was the last meal yeah. I had. Yeah. I was in Istanbul visiting our shirt factory when, uh, they issued the travel ban to Europe. And I thought I was going to get stuck there. Oh my God. That was like one of the last flights out. <laughs> oh, I couldn't even imagine. That yeah. would have been insane. Wow. That could have really taxed the marriage. Shannon was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up to a lot of, a lot of messages and voicemails. Did you think about pretending to be trapped there? I mean, I loved it there. I can't wait to go back. <laughs> it's like, very cool. I wish I could come home, but it's just not in the car. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> they said I need to be here for five more years minimum. <laughs> So, uh, so how long has it been since you opened Elska? Uh, we opened in December of 2016. Okay. Almost six years. So how, how has the restaurant evolved in that time? Um, I, you know, I think primarily it stayed the same. We're kind of, we're kind of like more tasting menu heavy now. I think that's just kind of what was, was put out there as an affordable tasting menu. So we end up doing that a lot. Uh, other than that, it you know, like we're just trying to improve, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that things have changed that much. So, and then are there, you know, we all can relate to being in a business uh, for a minute and trying to evolve. Are there conscious meetings that you and Anna have? Like, what are the next steps for us? What are the next steps for Elska? Mm. Areas that you want to improve or whatever? Uh, I think I think so. I, I think like from what I've noticed, any restaurant goes through, you know, like just problem solving, I guess, like, uh, being short staffed. Okay. How do we, obviously we need to solve this problem and so then just clone yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Simple. Clone yeah. myself. Yeah. No, no big deal. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, I might have three arms or something, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's just more plates I can clear. Yeah. Um, the staffing is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're lucky to be fully staffed right now. Uh, and we have a, a great team. So, I think, you know, hopefully we'll start thinking about like ways to actually improve the restaurant and, you know, um, yeah, like, you know, a big problem is, is patio seating, which we take reservations only for the patio, but if it rains, like obviously you You can't use all those reservations and you can't just squeeze them inside. So, you know, what's, what's the solution to that as like an awning over the whole thing, which kind of like don't want to cover the sky and it's like how big can you make an awning so that's kind of like out of the tape out of the cards and so is like do we get smaller tables and put them on the private dining room and see people up there so you know you lost your table outside because of the rain but you could we could still on your reservation upstairs so yeah that is tricky because you can't just hold a bunch of tables on the inside and the no. off chance that you got rain and yeah. chicago's weather is quite fickle right yeah just so, on a time it, it snaps so. yeah. do you guys treat the patio as a yard when the restaurant's closed oh 100 i, I made, would for I sure pizza out there on wednesday so. yeah. <laughs> yeah nice it's a yeah. great spot yeah. thanks for the invite yeah to the pizza i'm still working on it i'm still <laughs> oh yeah so. i did see that it's like a rye crust right yeah yeah i did cool. a little rye in there so it was, it was good so well i was wondering so where i know you guys are it's a husband and wife team do you guys have other management that kind of helps make decisions or are you guys really the ones steering the ship uh i mean we we yeah, take take opinions and and ideas from everybody. So our our general manager Renee, she's great. Uh, she we worked together at Blackbird a long time ago, and she went and and moved to LA and 
she was the assistant manager at Republique, which is like a huge restaurant out there. Yeah. Um, she worked at a couple other spots, and she came back to to be the manager at Elska. So she's great. She's you know we cherish her opinion. Uh, and then you know our our we have a new uh, bar manager who's also great. Uh, so she's just kind of getting her ball going. And is she working with Corey or? Uh, no, she. Corey's no longer with us. Oh, R. Right. Corey. Yeah, I didn't know but that. But he's I'm alive. Sorry. He's okay. alive still, but he's not. The <laughs> <laughs> trying to You were with him on Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're All still right. both. All sure. right, cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. <clears throat> um, nice. So as far as the dining scene mm-hmm. in Elsia versus previous places you've worked, I mean, how would you evaluate the guests? Similar, similar types of diners coming in or? I, yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're kind of lucky to be part of this little, um, you know, like a lot of people come in from other towns to eat in Chicago. So they'll do, they'll do like the Ever and they'll do Alinea and we're kind of on the roster of that. So it's, you know, a handful of restaurants where it's either Oriel, Smith or us, Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. But I've... And do you guys get around to eat at those places? Are you like constantly kind of, not constantly, but do you check in occasionally to see like what Oriole, what they're doing. You we, know, whatever. Yeah, we tried. We actually just had a meal at Oriole a couple of weeks ago and it was phenomenal. Nice. It was so good. Like, I don't want to say that we were surprised because we knew it was going to be great, but I think like it exceeded all of our expectations. It was so good. Wow. Um, what about it stood out? Service is phenomenal. Like everything about the food was, was perfect. Like, yeah, it was great. The new, have you been in the new space? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's like very open and like, just a beautiful kitchen with high like vaulted ceilings like covered in band posters so it's like it feels very much like them like you took Noah and Kara and put them in a restaurant and like it's it's perfect I mean like that's what a restaurant should be right like it yeah should be a reflection of of who owns it or who's operating it so yeah it sounds like a place we need to check out <laughs> yeah um and then have you seen any knife fights in your kitchen at, at Elska <laughs> or, or no or between your front of house staff, I guess. No, no, I, I almost actually got. I had a dishwasher come at me the other day. Whoa! A couple of weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> For what? <laughs> Can you set that up? Yeah. See, so you put a whoopee cushion on his seat. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was over that. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he just like he just. I think he was, he was having a day, and I said something that he didn't like. Like he was putting something in the dishwasher that was supposed to be hand washed and he was putting it in the dishwasher like, hey, can you like, hand wash that yeah I, I was like hey what's going on with this and he like denied it even though i saw him do it <laughs> the denial. i was like what what's going on with that and then like definitely wasn't me it just like if he flipped a switch and they started just like coming at me like just cursing at me like yelling screaming and you know i just took a step back <laughs> it was it was wild i've never experienced anything like that i was just like this went from zero to 60 like wow yeah, yeah. clearly something else going on yeah oh my gosh is yeah. he still with the uh the company oh no no, <laughs> no we, we, and you know. he got promoted <laughs> yeah now he's my boss <laughs> he owns the restaurant i gave him the keys <laughs> i felt so threatened here you go buddy. yeah his bullying techniques work yep yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. do you have any nightmare diner situations where you've had to maybe ask someone to leave the restaurant you know like some oh. of our friends from la a lot of <laughs> modifications uh no we've we've been pretty fortunate we're yeah we're we're lucky every now and then they'll pop up and yeah um you know we had 
we actually had somebody like a year ago call the restaurant and say that they had a reservation, but we didn't have them in our books. So he, he was blaming open table and we're like, can you send us the email and we, we could sort everything out. We'll get you a seat, whatever. And he just like, he berated our, he berated Renee. Renee told my wife, Anna, Anna called the guy and he berated Anna and he ate at the restaurant last week. He snuck in and made a reservation and he, he hated it. He just <laughs> absolutely hated it. Like, what was his, what was the point of his whole gambit? What was the deal? He, he just said he, he wanted like a Saturday at seven o'clock and he like must've dropped the ball and didn't make a reservation that he was supposed to make. And then, so he called and like decided to lie about it or something. And then got in and then hated it. And then got in a year later after yelling at pretty much my whole front of house staff. So you'd forgotten about this guy at this yeah. point. Yeah. And then, and then we saw, so we saw his name pop up in the reservations. We're like, Oh, that's that guy that did the, that yelled at us. And oh my God. He, he had like two or three courses and he just complained about everything and got up and left. Oh, so. Did he pay? No, we gave it to him for free. I think. Oh my yeah. God. That's... Was he dining solo? Two top? He was with, a, with somebody else. He's a 10 top. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's nuts. Yeah. Oh my but God. But I, I mean, it's like the only reason I can remember that is because it happens so like, infrequently yeah. that, you know, those, these stories like, stick out in my mind so yeah i mean it's so funny i feel like for you the issues and it sounds like this is not an issue but i feel like it would be people modifying things like getting a tasting menu having a lot of high maintenance edits mm-hmm. i mean that's just it, well it's, like it's kind of funny if we like, were in la you'd be dealing with that oh my god i remember yeah the the tickets like a four a four top would be like three feet long with all the modifications it's just <laughs> yeah. a nightmare yes. it, it's you know i've actually talked to a, a a bunch of other chefs about this but like when COVID hit and all the restaurants closed like it seems like all the all the like allergies kind of like went away hmm. unless it was a real allergy i think they say like i was reading something and they say like one or like five percent of people actually have legitimate huh. allergy and then anything else is just like they don't like it so they say they're allergic yeah so like that went away for a long time and now it's kind of st- slowly starting to creep back yeah. well yep. here's a crazy theory hypothesis if you will is it possible that the diners that had a lot of the severe allergies also could have been more susceptible to covid and therefore those people aren't eating out as much anymore i think they're just like we have bigger things to worry about i'm not gonna i can i'm gonna have gluten yeah i think people are more tolerant about bar and restaurant services and stuff like that because they understand the the issues that we're all facing yeah she just Um, implement a first course allergy test yeah, just a tiny just a yeah, tiny amount small of saliva. <laughs> just a little prick of blood. <laughs> and then you can just prove people wrong. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh yeah. At uh at Fat Rice back in the day we went uh we brought a friend who was severely allergic to peanuts and everything over there was cooked in peanut oil and Abe came out and gave a whole, whole spiel about like a lot of people that have the peanut allergy, it's like to the protein itself and when mm-hmm. things are cooked in peanut oil, the allergy doesn't present and i you know this is all news to me um but he gave our friend he was so confident which is wild but he gave our friend uh like a tiny sampling of peanut oil and he's like i bet you that you could try this yeah the balls exactly (laughs) yeah and i'm like sitting at the table with my wife it's like one of our good friends and my friend visiting from out of town and i'm just like I can't. I'm like holding my breath. Just yeah, like he's holding happy pen. I'm just assuming yeah. I'm about to drive to the hospital. That's like like betting the restaurant. Like, <laughs> he did. Oh, he we, bet we it. could we he could did. close right now. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. Um, 
but he, in that in that particular case, he was right, and wow. and Margo was able to eat, you know, stress free. Wow! And I was I was shocked, and then I did further research on it, of course, because I'm annoying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, in that particular case, what's he, the right? Well, how does that work? I guess like I can't tell you how peanut oil is fabricated, but I I guess that when people have peanut allergies, there's like a protein in peanuts that you're reacting to, and the peanut oil itself doesn't have that um, protein. It's like processed like, out of it or something. Yeah, it must be like so so refined that it's yeah. not in there anymore. Wow. But I don't. Please don't take this as uh, no. as advice. Don't sue me if uh, <laughs> if this is not correct information. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals. So some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. Yeah, we, we had at Blackbird, we had a lobster dish on the menu and somebody ordered lobster and they had a shellfish allergy. And I was like, so, I hate to say this, but lobster is shellfish, so I don't think you could have it. They're like, <laughs> no, it's only it sometimes. You. And I'm like, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't want to roll the Whatever. dice Whatever. And she's like, I'm a doctor. It's okay. I, I understand <laughs> this. I'll, I'll be fine. Lot. Like, if anything, like my throat will get a little scratchy. I just really want to try this dish. And then lo and behold, they, you know, they got served the lobster they ate it, and then, like five minutes later, we see an ambulance from oh, <laughs> the restaurant. Oh my and god! Just like, oh, and you know, her. I think it was her husband. Like they were just so casual about it. They're like, "Yeah, we took the chance. It's not your guys' fault. Like we told you, and <laughs> we were like, it was our decision." And it's our personal ambulance out front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just always follows us around the block all the time. Oh my god! Yeah, it was why I'm just like, why? If if you know you can't have it, why would you? Oh my, my mom's God. in a similar boat where she she can't eat shrimp, but she can eat lobster. I, I don't know how that works. It's not, yeah. It can't be a shellfish thing, but I've never seen it tested. But we were at like uh, we were at Trivoli Tavern a couple months ago, and my mom was like, "No, I can I can have this, but not this, and then this and this. I can't have dairy, but I could have butter." And it's just like all it's like a very complex matrix of rules that she's established. Which you and, love, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, our server like was like, "Okay, we, we can accommodate that." And they came back and the GM came out and they're like, uh, we just want to make sure like we're not responsible. Yeah. Like, Can you sign, sign yeah. this waiver, please? <laughs> like, I just want to check and see. Yeah. You got to be careful. Oh, man. Absolutely. Those are some of the most harrowing experiences that you hear about in restaurants, like allergies that forget to be rung in. Or... Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We take them super seriously. It's I don't know. It's like they're these people are trusting you with, you know, preparing them food. So got to do your best to accommodate yeah but absolutely. they also deal with it every time they go to a restaurant no, I'm so sure. they i'm sure they know well they don't always know um all right cool so we've taken a great amount of your time i feel like we're gonna hop into what we have dubbed the gratuity round mm -hmm. uh and i think tim will just kind of lead us off unless there are other things we want to talk about things that we, we covered a on. ton this has been great. Yeah. All right. We'll just dig in. We want to be the goofiest, most casual podcast. That's <laughs> our aim. <you> know? <laughs> Love it. All right. So what's your death row meal? Last meal. Got uh, one left. Probably roasted chicken and French fries. And like a... Like the publican one or a random one? 
like it's in one specific? Is solid. Uh, no, not like a specific place. Okay. Just, I mean, probably just like, I mean, if I guess I, if I was going to get specific about it, it'd probably be somewhere in France, like oh, a, a nice roasted chicken, like on a patio with a side of fries and aioli and like a side salad or something. Is this a half roasted chicken or a full? If it's my last meal, let's go full thing. Let's go <laughs> yeah. full bang. Yeah. That'd that's be, that's a solid choice. I wonder if some once at some point someone's going to answer with death row record. That's interesting. Confused, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We'll cross that bridge yeah, uh, when, when we, we get inevitably to get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. What's your fast? Fo- what's your favorite fast food place? I'm a sucker for McDonald's. And what's your order? Uh, Big Mac, like number one meal with the Diet Coke. The Big Mac is my favorite thing there. Dude, I, it's taken me years to realize this. Yeah. But it's it's it so can't good. be beat. Have you when they do like the what did they call it the Grand Mac where it was like a little bigger? Oh, that I never was, had that. Oh my god, it was perfect. <laughs> we. So there's a McDonald's right down the street, and when we yeah, were, that's the corporate McDonald's. You can go tell yeah. them. Now, are you going yeah. to Hamburger or you, or are you going to the one on Ogden? I go to the one on Ogden. I I'm adamant that that is the best McDonald's in the city. A thousand percent. The the wow. I think I've never been to that. And oh it's right God. next to Hamburger U. Yeah. And they have like the they have like the huh. global menu over there, but I've, still, yeah. I'm going. To I do Ogden. want to check out the yep. global menu. It's global limited. Cool. It's it's. I think it changes every six weeks. God, I eat too much McDonald's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <I know this. laughs> but it. it it changes every six weeks and it's like sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but the one on ogden dude we would go when we were opening the restaurant we would get there at like eight in the morning seven thirty-eight, and we wouldn't eat all day and we'd be driving home because we lived in lakeview at the time and we're like we didn't eat anything so we'd go through the drive through mcdonald's and every single time like after midnight if, if it was a little before midnight fries were trash after midnight, though, I, I don't know if they like shift change or if they wow. start fresh, but every single time after midnight, hot fries. But they never season them, so you'd always have to ask for salt. And what's Anna's order? Uh, Anna's kind of wild card. She she likes the cheeseburgers. Sometimes she'll get nuggies. Sometimes she'll do a quarter pounder. Yeah. I feel like I'm either Big Mac or filet fish mm. What? Really? Yeah. I used to like be, you know, switching up with the nuggies, do the two mm. cheeseburgers, two hamburgers, like mm-hmm. kind of a wild card. But do you know the filet like, fish story? You know where that came from? No. It was uh, supposed to be, they needed something for Lent. And oh. uh, it was between that and a, I think it was called the Hawaiian burger. It was a, it was a grilled um, patty of pineapple and filet mm. fish blew it out of the water. Yeah, and it's I mean, still with us. My yeah. mom and brother are big filet fish heads, so every time I get one, I think about them. Do you get it with the with the cheese? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Corey's an extra cheese filet fish guy. Whoa. Yeah. Is that why he lost? Why it is no longer with Elska? I mean, who knows? <laughs> it had something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your favorite thing to cook? Could you pick something to cook? Uh, it's it's that one always changes. Like right now, I'm really into making pizza. Uh, I think that's really relaxing for a while. It was roasted chicken. I would do when Blackbird was closed on Sundays, I would do a roasted chicken every Sunday and I would like, I'll look at a cookbook, see how they did it and do it verbatim. So I went through all my cookbooks with all the roasted chicken recipes and just kind of started tweaking my own. So I did that for like a year and a half. I was really into ramen for a minute. I was actually going to open a ramen restaurant with, uh, the one-off guys Hmm. for a minute. Did it have a name? No, not yet. We we looked at a couple spots, and actually, we looked at what is now Doves. So Whoa. Was, oh. That, oh, this is a while ago. It was a while ago when I was a chef there. You just yeah. wanted to go toe-to-toe with Picus and high-five? I, I mean, high-five wasn't a thing then. 
Wow. So it was like before Paul and I came back from a trip from Japan where we cooked over there. And I like fell in love with ramen. Wow. I made ramen for staff meal and Paul had it and was like, this thing, this is phenomenal. So we started talking about it and then we looked at some spaces. So, hmm. you know, life would be a little different. Can if we I... get that ramen recipe? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I can remember it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the topic of pizza, uh, the trend over the past year or so has been kind of that cracker crust. Have you tried the new spots in the city and the old ones? Like uh, a paper thin pizza, pizza fried chicken ice cream. Have you made it down to Bridgeport? I mean, Vito no, and Nick's is kind of the... Vito and Nick's, yeah, down, standard. Vito and Nick's down is, south. Yeah, I, I've, I haven't really tried that many of that style, to be honest. I love Vito and Nick's. So yeah, good. It's right by Beverly, so like... Yeah, John's is pretty good for something that's not that far away. Oh, from really? Us. Yeah, yeah, John's like western and a little north of Armitage. Okay. It's very oh, yeah, old school. It's great. It's right north of where old, old where Red Hot Ranch was before they moved okay. to Armitage. Yeah, yeah sure. west side of Western. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, favorite old school spot in the city? Uh, Restaurant. McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, RL is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's a small but very good menu yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. spot yeah yeah that was that gotta that's, remember to that's go a good there one. the vibe is perfect yeah it's mm-hmm. always so good uh that's probably the favorite we used to go to for my birthday every year to laurie's before they yeah. closed laurie's is amazing the, my brother every year on his birthday does laurie's yeah it's so funny it's yeah it's wild it's kind of sad that it, it closed but yeah what are you gonna do but yeah, we grew up like right near Restaurant Row, mm-hmm. like La Cienega. Yeah. So that was a thing. Huh. Um, favorite new restaurant? Ooh. Uh, it's opening in the fall, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, I feel like we haven't been out to eat. Ever since we had Henry, we we just like been lacking on that front. And then I feel like... We like, could say Oriole, even though it's not super new. But I mean, Oriole's great. We just went. So. I, I love what Taylor's doing at Wherewithal. That's like a, you know, not new restaurant, but she's a new chef there. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some people. I'm that, ready for Parachute to come back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think fully. they're ready, too. <laughs> no, really. Like, we, we just made napkins for them and stuff. Oh, like, nice. they're gearing oh, up so, to yeah. open. Are yeah. they the pre-stained napkins you did? So when diners stain on themselves? Yeah. Uh, it's pre-stained in my kitchen at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta uh, test them somehow. yeah exactly <laughs> um, here's a batch of 500 stain napkins yeah. all right uh what's your go-to cocktail order uh, when out i love a vesper like an extra chilled vesper so it's shaken um that's a good one yeah that's been it lately. yeah that's a good one yeah uh something that bars and restaurants do that might annoy you <laughs> it's too many. It's oh, boy. <laughs> Doesn't have to just be one. Uh, I kind of like, I like, you know, personal space when we go out to eat. So I don't yes. like the, the check-in for every course. I don't like, like, I would rather have a dirty plate for a couple courses than like a fresh plate each time. Like, yeah, you know, because then you have to stop the conversation. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like it when the, the server leaves us alone. Yeah, that's, I think that's actually a great note, especially a great note for someone like you who, when you're eating at a restaurant, mm-hmm. you want to totally enjoy <laughs> your time away from yeah. having to interact with people and yeah. touch tables and do all that stuff. Yeah. That was something that I would say, too. Uh, in the beginning of our time, 
like at Scofflaw, I was like, if you go out and then you're like, all of a sudden you have to like turn it on and it's just like, I'm just here because I really want to support you and yeah. enjoy this stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, have you ever seen Danny have a beer on the golf course? <laughs> <laughs> I did not approve this. Question. I don't know. I don't know if I have. Because I haven't. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I have. Yeah. I'm into uh, post drink for yeah, sure. Yeah. I've, I've seen the after round. Yeah. After round drink, but never like the during. Yeah. I'm just, I think I'm just. I didn't know if it was just me. <laughs> no. I'm just too anal. Like I can't, I don't want to fall apart in yeah. the middle of a round and then be, be upset myself but like even so so if it's on on like the back and you're just not yeah i guess if, having a bad round sure you? if i've already had a bad round and there's yeah. no chance at uh you know reviving it yeah or resuscitating my golf game then yeah and sometimes like occasionally i'll have a, like a single beer yeah in the middle of a round depending. you're shooting triple digits <laughs> i mean is, is that like what the the back nine beer is for like okay yeah. i gotta i gotta drink this calm down a little bit and yeah I do like, you know, I enjoy the like, I don't know if it's you or huge who does it, but, um, it's, you guys don't do it this way, but I think what it should be is if you do like a net birdie or better uh-huh. that you should have to take like a swig of some kind of alcohol, yeah. especially if you're in match play. So it kind of like can maybe help to even, yeah. <laughs> even the match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that'd be pretty awesome. So if you're on a heater, you take a shot. Exactly. Yeah. You'd, You'd have, have to take multiple things. shots probably yeah. Yeah. if you're on a heater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, like <laughs> like yeah, the cooler. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Yeah. I mean, last question. Yeah. Finish this sentence to me. Good hospitality is Jenna's answer was classic. It was just one word. Jenna Liberman. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you could say any. I'm only saying that because you could say anything. It doesn't have to be just one word. I mean, I guess good Good hospitality would be friendly and accommodating to me, I guess. Yeah, it's a good answer. What, what was Jenna's? Jenna said complicated. Yeah. That's, that's it. God, she's so smart. <laughs> yeah. She's the best. Perfect. She's combo. the best. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. it's the best um well yeah thank you so much for coming down to the illustrious yeah. scofflaw recording studio coach house office love it it's fun thanks for having yeah. thanks for having us this was enlightening and good <laughs> yeah. to get to know you a little more yeah. now we can uh, enjoy some kasama pastries there you go love it and that's a wrap on this week's episode thanks so much for listening if you have any questions or comments or anecdotes or stories or anything you want to tell us please reach out at joinerspod at gmail.com. Again, that's joinerspod at gmail.com. Yeah, staying in the loop, yeah, staying in the loop, staying in the loop, yeah. Uh, gotta stay up in the loop.